Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to a fabulous new show that I get to do with Dr. Nusheen Darvish. And, you know, what we're calling this is something that she and I talked about many, many years ago. Doctor, doctor, I need a doctor. And the reason for us to be doing this show today is I don't know if you're following the headlines or following the news It doesn't matter what state you go to. I happen to be in New Jersey right now. When you listen to what people are talking about as they get ready for this election, I will tell you that healthcare and help is at the top of everybody's list. Yeah, counter to what you believe. But then what is the dilemma? What does it seem to be that is not working for people? Well, one, We are suffering from more chronic illness than we have ever suffered from. Uh, Two, the kind of care that people are looking for is just not leveling up to what they think they should be getting. And three, when you think about trying to heal yourself after getting a chronic illness, that's when you think about what can I do to prevent it today? We are here to talk with you about uh, the words that many, many people don't want to hear, but women, women don't want to hear the words breast cancer. Dr. Darvish is joining me here today as medical director of Holistique uh, Medical Center, which we'll talk to you about. But more importantly, is someone that has created an entire center for people to come to to get the best of the best health care, care in general. For chronic illness. Today, Dr. Doris, let's talk about this because you and I, a number of years back, remember when we were saying we should do a show and we should call it Dr. Doctor, I Need a Doctor, right? I do remember. And this is so exciting to be part of this now and having you make this into a reality. I'm so grateful to you, Dr. Pat. I am so excited about this for many reasons. One, of course, you and I both have a background of experiencing chronic illness for ourselves. Um, I'm one of the people that didn't know till after working with you about prevention. I had no idea that prevention or preventative approaches, techniques, things that I do do would literally put the brakes on chronic illness. So today that's what we're talking about. So what is it we should know about breast cancer risk and what we should do about it when it comes to our health? You know, Dr. Pat, I have to say that this show, we're focusing on breast cancer, but it really is about all types of cancers and chronic diseases. But before we begin, I really want to 
challenge people to think about and meditate on one thing. And that is that we are connected. And that this concept of oneness of humanity is really the vital reason for us to take care of ourselves, to prevent illness, and to reduce our cancer risks. So I, I challenge people to really think about what is, why do you want to be healthy? Why do you want to be reducing your risks for cancer? Is it because you want to reduce your sense of suffering? Um, you know, you want to live as long as you can. But why? why? Why do we want to do that? And I think one of the things that we really need to think about is that the choices that we make affect our families, affect our neighbors, affect our coworkers, our communities. It takes time. It takes the energy. It takes money, financial resources. I mean, it's day-to-day um, choices that we make, minute-to-minute choices that we make that can have a full impact on our health and as a result affect the community around us, our families. And this is what I mean by us being connected, that our health impacts others. And so when you think about why we want to be healthy, we realize that our physical health is so linked to our mental, moral, and spiritual well-being. And that, um, and that also is linked to the individual and the social health of our fellow men, even with the life of the animals and the plants. And that each of these is affected by the others um, to a far greater extent than we even realize, right? Yeah. And so we look at um, one's health with two, two intentions, really. One is that we want to take care of our body for the purpose of satisfying our own personal wishes, right? Right. <laughs> or we can look at our health as a means of serving others, as a means of serving humanity, of living long enough to really perform and uh, complete our duty as humans on this earth. So that's the way I like to look at it, is a much more global way of addressing our health and the choices that we make um, are really vital with this concept of the oneness, the connectiveness, the, the wellness of not only ourselves, but people around us. I see this every day, you know, I see people coming in and they're making choices of um, smoking or eating something that they're reacting to or working themselves to death. And I see how the community around them is impacted. Yeah. They come in with their mother, their father, their daughter, their son. I mean, the whole family comes into this room because this one individual is sick. And a lot of times these illnesses can be prevented. Majority of the chronic illnesses that we have can be prevented. I have to tell you something. Last weekend, I was in Spokane visiting my daughter. And uh, we were staying in this hotel and I walked into this meeting of the American Medical Association. <laughs> <laughs> and the president of the American Medical Association was standing there and uh, giving a lecture. And the first thing she said and the last thing she said was that 80% of our trillions of dollars that are spent on healthcare are spent on chronic disease. 
actually, I think it was even up to 90%. Yeah, I think so. Are spent, you know, are spent on chronic disease and cancers and these illnesses that are totally lifestyle related, that are totally uh, up to us to make those choices, right? It's like that switch. Do we want to turn that switch on or do we want to turn it off? And we have the capacity to do that. It really doesn't matter what genes you've been given, what you're born with into this world. We have the capacity to shift that switch and not necessarily end up with cancer like my parents did or our grandparents did or even diabetes and heart disease. We have the capacity to shift that. But it's up to us to make those choices. And as mothers, I have to say this too, as mothers, we are the first educators of children, right? And so what we do, how we lead our life, what choices we make, our kids are following us. Yeah. And so it's just a good reminder for us to, to remember that the choices and the way we live our lifestyle is going to get passed on to generations forward, but by the way we're teaching our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. So we can teach them healthy ways of living and we can teach them toxic ways of living. But I choose to, to lead a healthy example for my children. And I hope that every one of us does the same thing because it is so vital for all of us to become the most brilliant star yeah. that can transform the world around us. And believe me, and you know, and I know, and everybody else knows that this world needs transformation at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, one of the things for me too, that I am very aware of is what you said. I did a diagram the other way a day because I'm preparing to do a talk and I did the diagram and most people take this diagram and they have three circles on it and they put body, mind, spirit. And so what I had on mind was that in the middle where everything intersects was body. And the three circles for me were mind, emotion, and spirit. And what I was looking at was the past research that I had done on uh, stress and insecurity and fear and betrayal. I mean, think about it. I can't even believe that I'm as positive as I am today after spending 10 years studying that, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought about this, you know, in preparation for today, and I thought about what led me up to my own journey with chronic illness. And it was exactly like you said, I stepped away and forgot that we are really brilliant and have the capacity in any moment to make a very conscious decision about one, how we react to each other, and two, how we act with each other. We have that decision, regardless of what the headlines are. And, you know, even in our case, too, and we're talking about chronic illness today and cancer uh, in particular, even how we are in the world, if we are given a diagnosis. And I think for me, I've had people in my life, and you're one of them, that no matter what shows up, you show up. Um, how do we help folks truly understand, right, this significance in self-care. And as we get aware of it, how do we assess 
what our own personal risks might be, right? I mean, these are two related items, right? Because if you come from a family, according to my relatives, I come from a mom who was seriously depressed. Uh, Now we, we like to have all sorts of labels about it. But I didn't know that growing up. Uh, clearly, had I think I known that, there are some behaviors I wouldn't have done. But I'd like to hear from you a little bit about the relationship between the knowledge we have about our own risks and our reaction and response to the external world. Well, Dr. Pat, you've reminded me of something. You know, I've been married for about more than 25 years, so engaged for 26 years. And my, from the very moment I got engaged, I dealt with family members. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law were diagnosed within a month of each other of breast cancer and prostate cancer. And as my mother-in-law went through 15 years of survival and passed away, my my sister-in-law was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then my cousin was diagnosed with colon cancer. And then my other cousin was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then my mom was diagnosed with uterine cancer. And so I get the fact that people, as a caretaker, what they're going through, having to to work with family members who have this cancer, which can be an extremely scary word, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It can become a chronic disease, just like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and chronic fatigue and all of diabetes and all of these other chronic diseases that we are dealing with. Cancer can become a chronic disease where we have to constantly manage. And what I mean by that is addressing your lifestyle, your diet, your emotions, your spiritual well-being, and all of that, right? And so... Um, it doesn't have to be a scary word. And I see that day to day with people coming in uh, where they've got stage four cancers, but breast cancer metastatic to the bone, and they feel so hopeless, so hopeless. And the doctors don't have anything else to offer them. And we start working with them and we start working with them not only on the you know lifestyle factors of of what they're eating and what the nutrients they need and providing them with the oxygen therapies that they need and the vitamin C therapies and all of this other good stuff that has a lot of research in the last 10, 15 years about how it can um, be a, a fantastic adjunctive therapy, supportive therapy for treating cancer, patients with cancer. So once they start doing that, then we start working with them on the emotional level, because I have to tell you that every individual that I have personally experienced with cancer has some kind of an emotional suppressed, you know, some kind of suppressed emotional state somewhere deep inside. They don't even know about it. They're not even aware of the blockages that they may be carrying. It's like you're, you're driving and you've got this blind spot, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can't see this blind spot because just that's the way it is until somebody comes and shows you that, hey, this is your blind spot. Let's switch. Let's look at the car behind you. And, and as soon as you see it, you start changing things. You start moving things and you start transforming 
your life because now you see your blind spot. I mean, it's stupid if you don't, right? Right, I know. But, but, but you know, it's really, there's a reason we call it a blind spot though, because for exactly that reason. You know, the other part of the conversation, which you and I talked about offline, but I do want to bring it up, um, is the fact that a person may know they don't feel well. They know they don't feel well. They go to the doctor and they continue what? Not get better, get worse, right? And what happens in that arena, there's an emotional and a psychological place, right, that you go to where you at least believe at some level you're doing all you could do. But the flip side of that is the scariest part would be to literally try to find out more, to step out and say, maybe I, I might benefit from this test, or maybe I might benefit from getting another opinion, or maybe I might go down the pathway and, and now look at the results people are getting from natural medicine or integrative medicine or functional medicine. I don't even know what we call it anymore. Let's just call oh. it healing. Let's call it all of it. Um, and yet, even with that, and I discovered this along the way in, in doing uh, some study work on Lyme disease and being part of that community, the worst thing that people want to do is go get that test. It's go get that test. But don't we think a little bit that cancer also falls into that? You know, there's a level that we get to where we become so controlled by our fear that we're afraid to even begin to start the process. And I know that what you're doing is you're working with people and bringing a new sense of hope. I've been in your office. I've been in the center. I have been in a chair next to both women and men. Uh, one woman in particular that I met very first, I met her mom when I first came to see you, stage four, ridiculous diagnosis of cancer. The woman shouldn't have literally by all medical uh, faculties been alive. Uh, her daughter as well, one of the most gut-wrenching moments I had was sitting next to this young woman with this brand new baby. But I watched these people get treatment and live, live beyond doctors stepping away from them. I watched my friend Rich with a tumor the size of a grapefruit that was inoperable get that thing shrink. So isn't our message of doctor, doctor, I need a doctor also infused with a new generation of hope, Dr. Darvish? Definitely, definitely. You know, I was reading this piece of uh, writing, a quote the other night. It really affected me. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was about the fact that this letter was written um, and the response was this. It was a letter written about what do I do about my mother who has, the doctors have basically given her no hope, no cures, no nothing, and she's on her deathbed. And the answer was that even if, even if the doctors don't have any treatments available, no cures, no nothing for this individual, for your mother, that the one thing that you can do is supplicate to the power above, to God, 
or whatever else you want to call this supreme power, to supplicate, pray, ardently asking for complete healing if it is God's will. And really, if we think about it, if it is God's will, things will fall into place and this individual will live and and, um, reestablish their health. And if it's not God's will, it won't happen, no matter what you do. And I've seen this. My own father-in-law, who was diagnosed, you know, 26 years ago, he was given six months, three months, six months to live. He had metastatic prostate cancer that was going extremely fast. And the doctor said, I'm sorry, but there's nothing else we can do for you. And um, he started, you know, haphazardly doing some of these changes in his lifestyle. But he, what I remember the most, he spent the next five years praying and really focusing on his spiritual well-being. It was amazing. Yeah. He was, yeah. he would read um, writings and literature from holy scriptures uh, for every day for hours. Yeah. And it wasn't like he was in bed all the time. No, he ended up traveling to Europe a few times. He got to see his grandchildren and other um, children in Europe. He went to, you know, he just traveled. He came to U.S. and traveled. And he was living a fulfilling life until he decided about a month prior to his passing that I am done. I have completed my duty and obligation in this world. And now it's time for me to go. And literally, when he said that, a month later, he went downhill and passed away. Yeah, I I love that we're talking about this because part of looking at breast cancer, uh, especially this month, is one of the risks that we should be aware of, which I wasn't aware of and then became aware of, is how spiritually depleted I had become in my lifetime. You know, how spiritually bankrupt. And, you know, my journey happened uh, 10 years before I met you, but it happened in a way that I was so emotionally lost after job loss, after you name it, just a whole bunch of things. I lost my sister and my mother in a year very quickly. Job, it happened job, sister, mom, one, two, three. And I didn't know what to do with it. But when we're talking about this, it isn't just about the spiritual and emotion. You become acutely aware of the toll your body takes, the alcohol consumption you take, uh, the, the birth control pills that maybe you don't know about that you think are supposed to help you, the weight that you gain, you know, because you've given up hope and you don't care and because it seems so hard to get back on track. You know, these are all things that can that literally contribute to many illnesses, but also breast cancer, right? That, definitely. You know, I think one of the misconceptions out there is that, oh, I don't have any cancer in my family. I'm not going to get cancer. I have a very low risk. And believe it or not, at least 80% of females who do get breast cancer never had a family member with breast cancer. Right. Okay. My own family, we never had any cancers. Then my cousin ended up with breast cancer. My mother ended up with uterine cancer. My cousin, the other cousin ended up with colon cancer. These are all hormone-related cancers. So when your hormones are out of whack, 
when you're obese, when you've got too much. And, you know, there's, there's a misconception also about obesity. People think that obesity means being big. Oh, but no. You, you can be a fat, skinny person. That's right. <laughs> right? But, but <laughs> you really can. You can be um, a fat, skinny person. And malnutrition and exactly. suffering from malnutrition. Exactly. And the problem is that the fats in our bodies carry a lot of toxins. They hold on to a lot of chemicals and metals and infections and just gunk. And in fact, our fats produce a more toxic estrogen after menopause. So there's three different types of estrogen. We'll get into that hopefully later on today. If not, it'll be a whole new show. on Well, well let's talk a little bit about it right now, because I think it really is important for women to hear. I mean, you, you know, when I first came to you, I think I was on a prescript, uh, prescription birth control pills uh, for uh, estrogen replacement therapy, right? Yes. And so then we didn't know what we know now. Yes. Um, but let's talk about that because folks don't know that there are things we can do to get our hormones in balance. Yeah. So, you know, there's three different types of estrogens. There's what we call E1, which is estrone. It's the most toxic form of estrogen. It causes, it's more risk, risky for uh, cancers, hormone-related cancers like breast cancer. And we produce a lot more E1 and this estrone after menopause. And that's why the risk for breast cancer goes up after menopause is because we're producing more of this E1. Now, the problem is that if you're a fat, skinny person or you're obese, you're making even more E1 in your fat cells. And so you may think, oh, my, my um, I look young still. You know how fat people look often younger than their age? But it's because they've got this toxic estrogen running around and their risk for cancers goes way, way, way up, okay? Before menopause, we're producing more of what's called E2 estradiol. And estradiol is more of a, um, a balanced hormone where it can go towards the good guy or the bad guy. And it can act as an anti-cancer or it can promote cancer depending on what your genetics are doing and what you're doing with your body to, to switch things on and off. Now, E2 is the one we produce before menopause, and it's the one that starts going kind of haywire. That's why we get the hot flashes and all this hormonal symptoms that we get around menopause. And um, E3, estriol, is the safest hormone. It's also the weakest estrogen hormone, but it's also the safest. And it is really important for um, as an anti-cancer. Okay. Now I have to mention that E2, the estradiol, the middle ground one yeah. is very important for protecting your bones, your heart and your brain. And so oftentimes when people are told that they've got to get rid of their estrogen, especially when they've got breast cancer, they put on these <clears throat> anti-estrogen drugs, right? That they're actually depleting all of the, all of it, all of the good guys all and the bad guys. And we really do need the good guys to protect ourselves. There's a lot of studies now showing how bioidentical hormone therapies are, can actually be protective against um, a lot of these breast cancers and, and hormone-related cancers. And so, you know, uh, patients come in and they say, well, my, my oncologist wants to put me on this anti-cancer drug. And what do you think? I say, well, let's test you. Thank so you. So we test them and we use urine and blood and sometimes saliva or the combination of all of it to figure out which 
hormones are elevated and which not which ones are not so that we can be targeted in reducing the toxic estrogen but optimizing the anti-cancer estrogen that your body really needs at the same time protecting your bones and your heart and your brain because what's the point of living honestly what's the point of living if you're going to go into a cardiac failure if you're going to have no memory and you're going to have dementia alzheimer's and you're going to have weak bones that constantly crack and you're going to have compression fractures all the time what's the point of living that kind of a lifestyle right my my intention is to help people to create lifestyles that are optimal to make you thrive it's not just surviving it's not about cancer survival and you know you know what my mom, my own mother my own mother was diagnosed with uterine cancer almost 6 years ago she was given about a year to to live and she was given no options and um so she came here and we started working with all of this and and to this day you'll see her come in and out she still comes down from Vancouver I know I see her yeah and and you know she's still working part time she's a real estate agent and she's in her you know mid, mid to late 70s and she's still working and and she's still thriving she she still has that passion in it versus could you imagine if she was in and out of the hospital I know my mother because if she was in and out of the hospital with with the side effects of chemo and radiation that were not going to do anything for her long term with this particular cancer of hers um <clears throat> even that the oncologist said um and um she was dealing with you know weak bones and memory that was not sharp she she is the sharpest woman that i have known right you know she has an answer for everything you say something and she'll respond back right. to you and she does it with laughter and she does it with sarcasm and she brings joy to people around her right and but if she lost that because of the treatments and the way she thought that cancer should be there would be no point for her to survive she would actually die she would have been dead 6 years ago yeah right yeah. but this is what i see in people is that if we can give them hope if we can give them back what makes them thrive that's all they can become, become transformative agents in their families and societies and communities and they become an example of what an individual should be like. Yeah. You know, that level of consciousness is a contagion. It's the thing that when people are around you, they are uplifted even in some way. And I love that you brought up your mom because it made me realize I watched this through Linda's mom through you. You know, here's a woman conventional medicine all her life diagnosed with uh, the, the breast cancer, the metastasized, the bone cancer, and based on her willingness to be who she is, hold true to who she is, she didn't really buy into that. And it was so interesting to watch, you know, Linda and me and what supplements, and, and, and she take them. And so as a result of that, she lived 12 years, 12 years that you're not supposed to live. When we come back, we're going to talk about the life that you can live. It is your birthright to live it. And what is the key to helping all of you get there? 
what is it that we've learned along the way? And yeah, we are going to talk about food. We are going to talk about diet. We're going to really give you a snapshot of some of the things you can do now. Also, this is my message to all you ladies out there. However you find your way to do it, I can get you in touch with one of the top hypnotherapists that we have on this show, Barbara Scheidegger. Put down the cigarettes for good. If there's one thing I want to say, I don't know what Dr. Darvin's going to say when we come back there. This is my message, right? I'm not so interested in how much water you're drinking if you're smoking. Put the cigarettes down. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Pat, Dr. Darvish. You're listening to Dr. Doctor. Yeah, we all need a doctor. We'll be right back. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Tune in to E3 Influence Radio. Own your impact. Master your world. In this new hit show, Sarah Luce, empowerment coach and spiritual mentor, teaches us how to achieve our greatest potential to positively affect everything and everyone. The time is now to enlighten our minds, empower our hearts, and take energized action to raise the consciousness of our planet. Sarah shows us how with simple, easy-to-implement steps. To find out more about Sarah Luce and her E3 Influence program, visit sarahluce.com. Do you believe you are meant to live with more joy, but you're just not sure how to get it? What does the phrase, give me the joy, make you feel? Join me, Lynn Horde, every second and fourth Thursday, 9am Pacific, 12pm Eastern, on the Give Me The Joy Show, as I take you on a journey to peel back the layers so you can take back your joy. To find out more about my work as the Joy Coach, including my popular programs, Joy School and Joy at Work, visit lynnhorde.com. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at tracylclark.com. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. 
If you're dealing with fear and anxiety, you've probably noticed that the more you fight these emotions, the stronger they seem to get. Dr. Friedemann Schaub, the author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, explains that instead of suppressing, we need to identify and resolve the deeper, subconscious root causes of fear and anxiety. His personal breakthrough program has helped thousands worldwide to overcome their emotional challenges. To learn more, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com and schedule your free consultation with Dr. Schaub now. Hey, everybody, welcome back. You're listening to our first edition of Dr. Dr. I Need a Doctor, where we're bringing you everything you think you know about wellness and health and everything that you think you don't know, uh, in essence. Dr. Darvish, before we jump ahead, uh, first of all, how can people find out about you? And then how can they find out about the services at Holistic? Well, first of all, you're welcome to go to uh, my particular website, which is more of an educational website. There's some blogs and some other information on there. It's drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. Our center, our holistic center is holistichealth.com. So holistichealth, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-E, health.com. It's the French spelling, since I'm I'm from Canada, I've got to have that French <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love the Pat Basile. That's <laughs> Italian. <laughs> Our phone number is 425-451-0404. And really, I have a fellowship uh, in integrative cancer therapies. I'm a naturopathic physician. I have, I'm board certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. And on um, the second fellowship, I'm finishing up in nutrition and metabolic diseases. And so our, our uh, center really focuses on getting to the root cause of diseases, as well as helping you age slower, right? Because when we do age fast, cancers show up, chronic diseases show up. So we want to reverse these processes, or at least slow them down. So we will look at you as a whole person. We offer IV nutrition therapy to optimize uh, your health because a lot of times our gut doesn't absorb nutrients, even though we have great diets and so forth, the antibiotics and the stress and all the lifestyle stuff that we go through currently affect our gut and the absorption is reduced. So IV nutrition is very, very important. We offer biofeedback therapy. We do all sorts of European types of treatments, uh, neural therapy, different types of injections that open up channels in your system. We offer acupuncture, some body work, lymphatic drainage work, and oxygenation therapies, uh, thermography, which we will talk about. I mean, the list goes on. It's probably, our clinic is probably one of the most comprehensive clinics offering both treatment and diagnostic um, tools in the nation. And, you know, anything from blood work to uh, imaging to all sorts of great great things. And we have awesome staff. I mean, that's awesome. what I was going to say. I, I, I'm, I'm not being staff. humble about this. I know I'm not being humble about this, but it's very amazing. I love the people that I work with. Yeah. I mean, I, too. I, I just love the people that I work with from the front desk staff to the nurses, to the other doctors, to, to our therapists. They're just amazing people. And I have to tell you that we attract amazing patients. 
Yeah. These people that come that you sit next to are yeah. amazing. We all have something to teach each other and learn from each other. It's just an amazing, amazing opportunity and blessing for me to be involved in such a great endeavor. Um, so I'm, I'm always very, very grateful. Yeah. So and, you. you know, this is the first of several shows. We're really planning on uh, really looking at not through a very narrow lens, but really looking at the state of affairs and providing people with answers and solutions. So in the next shows we're doing, we're going to be opening up phone lines. We're going to be taking callers. We're going to be engaging in conversations. And sometimes I must say, just going to say, Dr. Darvish and I don't always agree. And I think that's good. <laughs> you know, through the clash of opinions that the truth the spark of truth comes up. So, exactly. So we have to have those clashes. You can't be the same. We're not no, going I know. I love it. Uh, but I must say, I must say that you have been so willing to meet me halfway. I'm working on the same. Uh, I'm the same. So I, I'm so grateful to you, Dr. Pat. I'm so grateful. Uh, I, I, I love what we're doing and what we're building. Now let's, let's talk a little bit about cancer because I want to get back to some of the things that we can do to not only detect our risks, but how to reduce our risks. And much more importantly, beyond lifestyle, there's so many other things we can do for scanning. So take it away. Well, you know, first of all, it's not easy to detect cancer because cancer, one little cell of cancer grow, takes about five to 10 years to grow right. into this size, which is about a centimeter, 10 to the sixth number of cells or 10 to the nine number of cells before it's visible on any kind of imaging like an MRI or an ultrasound or a mammogram. But the way cancer feeds itself is through creating blood vessels. We call this process angiogenesis. And this process of blood formation is what we look at when we do thermography. So thermography is using an infrared camera. The one we have is the FDA-approved camera that uh, has been approved for adjunctive breast cancer screening. And what it does is it looks at, without radiation, without squeezing the breast tissue, it looks at the inflammatory process that these blood vessels are creating. So if I see on the thermography this picture of these blood vessels coming together, even though you don't have a lump that's palpable, even though you just had a mammogram, I know that there's a process going on that maybe two years, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, I have no idea how fast this thing is growing, but it can grow into a cancer cell. So we like looking at that because we can make changes. We can look at the way your body is metabolizing and methylating and detoxifying and look at the hormone balance and inflammation in your system and all of these things that are so vital for cancer to grow and shift that, right? So that we can reduce this blood vessel formation. And so on follow-up tests, you can actually see the blood vessels reducing and um, this thing shrinking. Now, I've had several patients where they've gone to mammograms. In fact, I remember one particularly about 10 years ago, she came in and um, the year prior, she refused to do the thermography and she had a mammogram. And then the following year she came in and she said, Dr. D, I want a thermography. 
And I said, what's the change? She said, my sister was just diagnosed with breast cancer. I want a thermography. So we did a thermography. And sure enough, there were heat patterns indicating inflammation, blood vessel formation going on in her left breast. So then I sent her for a mammogram. And the mammogram was normal. Then I sent her for an ultrasound. And they found three masses in the breast. Can wow. you believe it? And wow. then the radiologist went back and looked at the previous last year's um, mammogram and said, you know what, these masses were there last year too, but we just missed it. We just couldn't see it on the mammogram. And so if it wasn't for thermography, she would be actually dead by now. 10 years later, she's still a great survivor. She, she had a mastectomy. She refused to do chemo and radiation. She changed her lifestyle. She did all this oxygenation therapies and, all of this, and ten years later, she's thriving. She's an absolute transformative agent in our in the community around her. So, so thermography to me is a very initial step of detecting risk factors for breast cancer. You can also see thyroid inflammation where blood may miss it. You can see pre-stroke and diabetes, pre-diabetes and musculoskeletal things, all sorts of things, skin cancers you can see on, on thermography. But they've, sh they've shown, the research has been looking at thermography in conjunction with mammogram, and they find that the potential of detecting cancer early, early on using the combination bumps up to 95% versus about 70% with looking at using either one alone especially mammogram by itself. So oh, I want to make sure it. we get back to what you said. I, I, I want to really emphasize early on. Yes, early detection. Is early detection, because we're, we're talking about something that's slow growing. Sometimes. The early, sometimes, sometimes. But the earlier, the more you can do. The more, and it's a lot easier, you know. People come in with tumors about the size of the grapefruit, and they, I'm not kidding you. And, no. and they come in and they say, what do I do? And they've had this. I say, how long have you had this thing? They said 10 years they've had this thing growing on their breast tissue. And now it's become this, you know, crazy mass. And if they, and they, they wanted to change things now. And it's a lot harder for the body to contain these tumors when they're that big, because what happens is that as cancer grows, it releases lactic acid. And this process of growth in the cancer cell, creating this lactic acid provides a very much an acidic environment around itself. And this acidic environment promotes even more food and more growth for the cancer. So you start changing your diet, your emotions, your, all of this, which does help slow things down. Don't get me wrong, because I've seen transformations happen with a lot of this. But with some patients, it's all the energy is going towards containing this thing versus optimizing the rest of you, right? But if we caught it early, smaller it is, it's a lot easier. Um, if it's surgical, you know, if there's a surgical option available, it's good to get it out because again, you're taking that load off of the immune system and allowing your uh, immune system to do what it needs to do. So, yeah. Uh, so part of this too, and when we look at it is also 
And we're going to be looking at this in, in shows we do moving forward. But one of the things that we're here to say is that a lot of times when we get a diagnosis, we already go to the place of there's nothing I can do. But what you're talking about here today is, first of all, technology has changed. And secondly, that you take a holistic approach of this, which is also the preventative model of it. So these things come together, not in a one size fits all. And I think that's the key for today. One of the keys for today in the conversation is that this is not pulling something off the shelf because that's what we give you. It's really looking at the entire picture because some things may be too harsh for somebody and you have to really look at what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and then go back and do it again. Exactly. And, you know, it's, did you know, by the way, I have to share this with you. Did you know that there is a test now available called the IV gene? And what this test does is it looks at the methylation of the DNA in your genes, in your blood. Okay. And what that detects is very early stage of cancer before even those blood vessels are formed. So this is a brand new test that's now available. And most doctors, more so oncologists don't know about it. It's been approved, FDA approved for uh, colon cancer, breast cancer, uh, lung cancer, brain cancer, liver cancer. And so it's approved for some of these cancers. And it's just an amazing tool. If you have a family member who has breast cancer, or if you're afraid of, you know, you've, you've led a lifestyle that's toxic and you're afraid that you might have cancer, this might be a good test for you to do. There's also cancer tumor markers. These, these circulating tumor markers as well. We call them circulating tumor cells. And there's also cancer markers that are released by these cancers into your blood. And so we can do blood tests to see how much per milliliter is um, cancer cells. And so that early stage, you can change these things. Now, you know, we talk about obesity having being a risk factor. Diabetes is a risk factor for breast cancer or any other cancers. And the reason, or insulin insulin resistance, metabolic disease, these chronic diseases that we have are, are risk factors for cancer, especially breast cancer. Why? Because cancers have 19 times more insulin receptors on their cells yeah. than, um, than our regular cells do. And so when you have an insulin issue going on with your blood sugar, the, the insulin attaches first to those cancer cells, brings in the sugar, which feeds the cancer, and then this cancer grows and grows and grows much quicker. And so your risk goes high with, with diabetes and insulin resistance and blood sugar dis- dysfunctions. And so one of the things that I do with all, every patient is look at their insulin, look at their blood sugar, look at their, their fat burning hormones, because the fat burning hormones are one of the first steps of detecting insulin resistance, which later on becomes cancer. These things are really important to look at in order to reduce your risks and prevent the progression of cancer or even the expression of cancer. Now, the other thing is, like we mentioned earlier, the hormones need to be looked at and and saliva testing, urine testing, blood testing. These are very important. I don't like just to do blood tests for hormones because 
The blood tests just tell me what's circulating in the blood. They don't tell me what's sitting in the tissue. So in order to make sure that the tissues are not indurated with, you know, they're not um, full of hormones, I've got to do the breast tomography. I've got to do the urine or the saliva test to see how your body's processing these hormones through the tissues Um, because there are ways to shift that. We've got to look at, yeah, you want to say something? I can see it. I've got to say this. (laughs) I think our next show should be the top four tests, right? That you could, you, that, that, that come up on our list, the top four that we want to tell you about that could save your life. Oh, I, I think because, I tell you, we'll work on it because <laughs> I, and I, and I think we'll revisit this because I think if people understood why we're pointing them in a certain direction and what's available, knowledge is power. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. Absolutely. And I think that's what we should do. Dr. Yes. Darvish, I, I got to tell you, I'm excited about these shows that we're doing together. I really love them. Again, how can people find out more about you and what's your personal message? Well, our website is drdarvish.com, D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com and holistichealth.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-Health.com. You know, there's so much about this. We didn't even get to the lifestyle and the diet and the emotions and all of that that we really need to talk about. Maybe we should have a part two of this. Absolutely. And focus on that as well. But ultimately, you know, my personal message is for people to find the joy and the gratitude within themselves and to let go of the past stories that we carry, the resentments, the traumas, and release it from ourselves, release it from the toxic memories and you know there's toxic emotions and let go of this stuff look beyond yourself and find your purpose and most importantly i believe that when we serve and give to others when we laugh when we pray and we supplicate to the supreme power for healing that our health our health and healing is regained and we are showered with blessings and um, a purpose yeah, and, yeah. and to assist the, the evolution of humanity, the progression of humanity and to complete our duty and obligation as humans. So it's really important for us to lead a healthy life, to love and laugh and pray. Really, that's the bottom line. Love, laugh and pray and serve. I love it. Dr. Nusheen Darvish. I'm Dr. Pat Basili. You've been listening to Dr. Doctor. I need a doctor and we know why. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.